Today is the day on which Martin Luther was born. It is also the day on which we conclude our study on these Fridays of his explanation in the small catechism of the Our Father. It's the final Friday. It's the final word. When Jesus invites us to pray the way he has taught us, do we trust him? Do we obey him? Is our amen just a stop sign? Or are we truly signing on to the prayer? You probably recall and know that excellent advice when a legal document is placed in front of you. Don't sign it until you've read it. Your signature makes the document legally binding. If a prayer is true and right, we can confidently amen it. And this is the way of God's people. For the Hebrew word amen grows from a verb stem to care, support, and then by extension, be firm, true, reliable. When Jesus used it in his speaking, it many times gets translated truly, surely. And sons and daughters of Abraham use this little word after an oath, a curse, a blessing, a doxology, or a prayer. Followers of Jesus also use it carefully to say yes. It puts our personal John Hancock on what we've heard. So in the Old Testament, we find the children of Abraham at Mount Ebal. The Levites are up there on the hill shouting curses. And the people say, Amen. When Nehemiah demanded they give up their practice of requiring some kind of usury when a loan was made, they expressed their promise to give it up with an amen. When David brought the ark up to Jerusalem and placed it in a tent, he sang a song of praise to God. And the people didn't repeat the song. They simply said, Amen. Paul writes to Timothy. And at the end of his letter is a doxology. And he even puts a written Amen. And Paul says to the Corinthians that they should not have a prayer or speaking in the service especially a prayer, when the other people can understand what it is because it will prevent them from being able to amen it. Even the letter to the Hebrews, which has a doxology at the end, a benediction, has an amen. So this has been passed down from the Old Testament to the New Testament, passing through even many languages until this Hebrew word, amen, is used by Christians everywhere. How are we using it?
in a few minutes, seminarian McKenney, will speak a prayer or two. Each of us can pray to God as he utters those words, or we can be busy thinking about what happened on that test or what's going to happen on the test that's about to occur, or is there going to be coffee? Or we can think about the trip that's just around the corner. Now, God knows the heart, and he knows whether you pray. But those around you only see actions. They only hear words. So will you say amen to his prayer and join him? For the verbal assent is an encouragement one to another to confess and to give testimony before God that that prayer is ours. It is good and godly to let others experience this, to hear our signing on to the prayer. And surely we want to put an amen on the Lord's Prayer. For the Son has made the Father known. And because of Jesus, we are able to be the children of God. We want the Lord's name to be known among us and his word to be making us holy. We want his kingdom, the work of the Holy Spirit by word and sacrament among us, to grow and expand. A believer wants God's will to be done, for it is good, it is gracious. Every day we want to ask God for what supports the body and to be ready to give thanks for what we receive daily. We seek forgiveness. Without it, we are nothing. Because of our many evil actions and thoughts, and we want a ready heart to forgive others. Without God's help, we cannot overcome temptation. We want God to deliver us from evil. So when this prayer is said or spoken, we provide our signing on with an amen. Do we really want to ask God for these things, or are we just mouthing words? A disciple will actually pray, and a follower of Jesus will let his or her amen be bold, confident, certain. Yes! Yes, it shall be so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.